is going to go before a federal judge and say that some moldy Babylonian god is going to drop in on Central Park West and start tearing up the city. Sumerian, not Babylonian. Yeah, big one. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! If there's something weird and it don't look good, who you gonna call? Ron and Anian. I went and I saw the future this week. I did. I actually spoke to the future. We came, we saw, we kicked. The car doctor. We're gonna start talking about rights being taken away when you're not allowed to drive a car anymore and you can't afford to drive a car anymore and all the things that are gonna occur because of technology. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... It can't be. What did you do, Ray? the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Here's Ronnie. Good evening. How do you like that, huh? Welcome to Halloween, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. I can do that again. Good evening. So we only do that, by the way, it is afternoon, depending upon where you're listening to this radio show. I am Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, but um, I know that'll make the best of highlight reel. So uh, I do that once a year. That's the... You know, pretty soon. You know what that means? When I do a good evening, that means in two months, you get to hear the night before Christmas. It's coming slowly but surely. The train is kind of winding up. Tony's shaking his head going. Ugh. Anyway, this is the car doctor. I am Ron and Annie, and the phone number is 855-560-9900, 855-560-9900. Call in now. Get in on the car doctor hotline, whatever problem you've got. We're going to talk about it, and um, might be in reference to some of the comments I'm about to make because I've got some things I want to talk to you about. It has been a, um, well, let's just say a a, a bone-crushing week at the shop and uh, a lot of different things going on, a lot of different conversations. I'm not sure. Do I want to talk about, do I want to talk about green lights? Did you ever notice, now I realize this is a nationally syndicated show in the Internet and it's heard around the world, but, but green lights just seem to mean something different in New Jersey, I've noticed. Uh, I I've just come to the conclusion. I used to think a green light meant go, but it doesn't. To me, a green light means, okay, the light changed. Now what do I want to do? Do I want to keep texting? Do I want to keep talking on the phone? Do I want to keep looking outside the window to see what the weather's going to be like? Do I want to pick my nose? What is it that I'm trying to do to accomplish? Oh, maybe I'll accelerate. And, and, and then they take off and they go. A green light doesn't mean go anymore. It really doesn't. And I could talk about that, but... I saved this. I want to talk about this. I've got an email in front of me. Hey, Ron, I began noticing a vibration bumping in my tires. So I went to the place I always get my tires from. This is from Kelly in Virginia. This just came in this morning, so she's probably going to be shocked to hear this. And had them look at them. By the way, this place has been in business many years. I only put about 1,500 miles a year on these tires, and they were six years old. 97 Eagle Vision. These tires are starting to separate, which caused the vibration bumping. Not wanting to buy new tires, but I did anyway, and the vibration bumping is gone. And by the way, they checked the old tires and they were correctly balanced. My tire dealer said that tires don't last long anymore. So I asked about the general tire, and he said his two least favorite tires, here's a rocket scientist, are Firestone and General. I didn't ask why. He said the best was Michelin, 
And since I don't put many miles on the car, he offered a good, better, and best tire. And I just went with the good tire, and the name is Doral, which is made in Indonesia. So I didn't see getting the very best since maybe replacing them in a few years. What are your thoughts? You can read this on the show if you like. You can email me. I listen to your show every chance I get. Thanks, Kelly from Virginia. Um, Boy, I got a lot of thoughts here, Kelly. And, you know, it's like, wow, is the first one. Um, First of all, (laughs) about two weeks ago, and I talked about this on air, um, that remember I went to the liability class. We were talking about liability of parts and what happens when a part fails and you know, where the issues are, and you can't sue China. I'm pretty sure, but unless Doral, which I think was a cigarette back in the 70s, um, I think Doral, unless they have headquarters here in the United States, you can't sue Indonesia either. So one of the things that I want to point out is be careful of the tires you buy, and this is what sort of brought this to the highlight in the forefront here. You've got to really be careful with Chinese tires, Indonesia tires, Southeast Asia, offshore tires. Are they built to the same standard? What's the success rate? I'm not talking about Hankook. Hankook is a Korean tire, but they've got headquarters here in the U.S. All right. And I'm not having I'm not going to have the debate about General Firestone, Michelin, Hankook, Goodyear. That's not what this is about. You just bought offshore tires from a manufacturer that I'm betting this tire place has a direct relationship with, and they're buying them by the boatload, busload, carload, etc., and they're getting them really dirt cheap. But here's the catch. Dirt cheap is dirt cheap. You buy something cheap, you get what you buy. And my concern is, I have two concerns, well, three. One is, you put them on your car, and now you're going to go out on the interstate and drive at 50 to 60 miles an hour. The second is, I might be in the car next to you at 50 to 60 miles an hour, And the third is, when you have a problem with those tires, who are you going to sue? You're not going to sue. Well, you're going to sue the tire guy, I guess, because if if, if they have no headquarters here in the U.S., what the liability class from two weeks ago taught me was the insurance and the lawyers follow the money. So they come after the guy that seems to have the most, that's the most accessible. I'm pretty sure nobody's ever sued Indonesia and had any success at it. But the problem here becomes your overall safety. What do I think? I think you bought the wrong tires. I don't care how cheap they were. I don't care the fact that you're going 1,500 miles a year. What your old tires failed from, from my seat here, from your description of your email, it sounds like they dry rotted. And they cracked out, and it was a matter of just failure from age. Anything's going to do that. But, you know... What's your safety worth over the next four or five years? And that's my concern. And I don't mean to sound like I'm scaring you, and I hope I'm not. I'm just trying to make every one of you, each and every one of you, each and every listener, that you've got to be careful where you pick your parts from. Because the offshore manufacturing problem is really a problem. There's a reason that that $75 tire or $100 tire is sold here in the States for 10 bucks Because I hear that's the way the game works. I hear that it's, it's a 5 to $10 tire, and it's sold here for between the 75 and 100 And, you know, the, the reason is because they're cheap, and they don't hold up. And, yeah, maybe you'll get the one that goes a little bit of a distance, but how long of a distance can it actually go? I just, I would never do it, all right? And I'd like to know his rationale on why he don't likes General. 
General's got some of the highest reviews and some of the highest ratings and rankings right now in the tire world. What is it that this guy's doing? If you want my opinion, it sounds like he had a large stock of Doral tires and he sold what he had, wanting to help get rid of that and, and move his day along because he's trying to make a number. Just just my way of thinking, Kelly. I, I don't care how many years they've been in business. Believe me, if they've been in business a long time, um, the guy that started it is probably not around. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But just because a business has been there forever doesn't mean it's as good as it once was. I can talk about a whole lot of companies that kind of fell by the wayside that are no longer what they once were when the founders put them together and had their vision of what the future should look like. Just my way of looking at it. <sighs> Hello and welcome to The Car Doctor. Let's turn it around to a cheerier note. Hello and welcome to The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. I want to talk to you also this hour. Maybe we're going to do a survey for every call, for every caller that calls in. Um, I had a visit this week from a company that makes a tchotchke. You know what a tchotchke is? It's about this big. And it, 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 plungs, it plugs into the OBD2 connector. So here's my question to you as you call in this week. And if you participate in this, we'll have to think of one to do a giveaway. Should we give away some T-shirts today? Well, let's see. I don't know what sizes we have left because the T-shirt pile has gone, has, has gone down. But maybe we'll do a T-shirt giveaway this week. Let's see how I feel after we come back from the break. But here's my question. If, if you could buy this little dongle, this little tchotchke, and plug it into your OBD2 port, and, you know, where the scan tool plugs in, and it would tell you, when the check engine light comes on, it would send you an email, tell you what the fault code is, what the description is. It will also warn you when the battery's running low, when the charging system is not working properly, things like that. It'll give you a general vehicle health statement. Um, it would tell you when the vehicle is due for service, maintenance, and it would do all this via email. And here's the best part. Here's the part that kind of got my attention. Would you, as a parent, want to utilize this? Because you could send your kid to college with this device. And when the check engine light went on in Pittsburgh, and you're back in New Jersey, or you're in California, and they're in, they're in Florida, when the check engine light goes on in their car, 8, 10, 20 hours away, you get the email as well, so you can call your kid up and say, hey, the check engine light's on. How come you're not getting it fixed? What would you pay a year for that? The number they threw at me was, "Would you pay? Would, do you think consumers would pay $25 a year per vehicle in the household? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what, what, I don't know what that would, I don't know what that would do. And I thought we'd talk about it here on air today. So we're going to talk about that this, we're going to talk about that this hour. Whew. Talking on radio is always important, as well as sound. And we're going to talk about that this hour, so I look forward to that. But let's pull over and take the pause. I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor. More information at cardoctorshow.com. As soon as Tony hits the button, I'll be right back a couple of minutes later. Stay tuned. There is something creepy about, you know, this time of year, right? Uh, you know, Ron and Annie and the car doctor here. Um, so I, I, I had to run down to the shop last night. I was, I was late. It's just crazy week. 
And let, let me tell you how busy and tired I was, and then we'll get to the calls. I'm sorry. Um, it, it, I was so tired when I got to the end of the day yesterday, and I, I got to the end of the day, and I just put the key in the door. I actually didn't put my tools away. I do that very rarely. You know, the toolbox was locked, but I didn't clean up my bench, and I didn't sweep the floor, and I didn't empty the garbage cans and all the things that I normally do the end of the day with the guys. And, um, you know, I, I went back last night, so uh, like 10, 30, quarter to 11. It's kind of creepy in an auto repair shop 11 o'clock at night, you know? And as I'm working in the front office area and I'm vacuuming and cleaning, you ever see that episode of The Twilight Zone, you know, with, with William Shatner and the thing on the wing? And I'm just thinking, I wonder if I open the shade, is there going to be a clown face pressed up against the glass, you know? And I did, and I opened it up, and there was a clown face pressed up against the glass because I saw my reflection. It was really scary. So let's get over and talk to uh, let's get over and talk to Mike in Stanton, Virginia, and uh, see what's going on here. Mike, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank yes. you. What's going on? Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What's going on? Uh, my, uh, we have a, a 2007 Toyota Highlander. My wife drives. We bought it uh, as a as actually a dealer uh, car that we bought with about 20,000 miles on it and uh, has 128,000 now. And I don't know if I should do anything about servicing the transmission at this point. I'm not sure if I ever did at 60,000. We had some pretty heavy maintenance done to it, but I can't find the receipt to find out whether I actually did the transmission then or not. You know, do you think they did the trans service? I mean, it would have been a drain fill. It wouldn't have been super expensive. This is, this is type four. This is the older style Transfluid, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know. Um, I guess the question sort yeah. of also comes back to what color is the fluid now? What what, what does it look like? Is it is it, it's got to be brown by now? Yeah. Well, we have the uh, oil changed at an oil change place, and they never mention that it needs changing or that it looks bad. Right. So. Well, let me ask the question this way: If if you haven't changed transfluid. And listen, I'm a I'm one of those guys that I think I think you the you the vehicle owner have as much stake in taking care of it as the mechanic. I mean, I think it's a two-way conversation. And I think the mechanic is liable in the sense that when that car comes in for service at certain mileages, I think he's got to speak up and say, "Hey, here's here's manufacturer's recommended maintenance. Not here's what I feel like selling you because I got to buy a new piece of lawn furniture, but you know, here's here's what the manufacturer calls for at such and such a mileage. That's why they call it manufacturer recommended." So if you haven't done the trans service yet, maybe, what else haven't you done? And I, I would I would tell you it's time to take it into a mechanic for a review at this mileage and put together some kind of a list of best recommended services that may not have been done that are due. You know, right. Because off the top of my head, at 128,000 miles, you ever do spark plugs? He did do spark plugs. Okay. That's good. Mm. Um, cool, cool um. service? Do 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 cool. Excuse me. That's okay. Do cool, coolant service. Okay. Timing belt. Yeah. Timing belt uh, have not done. Okay. Timing belt. The cars I didn't even know if it had a timing belt. Yeah. It it, a chain. It, it, uh, is this a four cylinder or a six? Six six cylinder. Six cylinder in two thousand seven has a ch- has a belt. There's a belt okay. motor. Okay. All right. The chains were in two thousand eight. Um, this should be a three three, right? A three point three liter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That should be a belt motor. So that's there. Um, obviously, you do a you do a belt. You're going to do a belt, a water pump, and a thermostat. All, All right. right, good solid maintenance. Ten years old. Uh, you know, obviously the coolant's been done. Uh, you know, and then yeah, you know, I mean, I guess air filter, cabin filter, those things. But then, 
you know, if the trans has ever been done. And then is this a four-wheel drive or a front-wheel drive, Mike? It's four. Okay, so then there's a transfer case involved here. That's got gear oil in it. There's a rear differential that's got gear oil in it. You know, uh, servicing that now is a good time. Uh, you know, so the fact that it hasn't been done doesn't disqualify you from having to do it. It's a matter okay. of, you know, when do you want to do it, uh, you know, before it becomes a bigger problem. Up until about 90,000 miles, we had everything done at the dealer. Right. And did what they told us we needed to do. I'm betting it was done. Uh, I'm betting it was and, done. But then from that point on, we've been going to an oil change place, and they haven't recommended anything except, you know, the oil and filter right. and the cabin and the uh, uh, air filters. Can, can I do, can do I, that automatically. Can I ask you why you stopped going to the dealer, Mike? Well, time was as, uh, as big an issue as anything else. The dealer took over an hour to do an oil change, and an oil change place does it in 10 minutes. Okay. But then what about the other, what about the other service and maintenance? The uh, I have a another mechanic that does brakes and okay, fair and point. Tire store that does my tires and that okay. sort of thing. All right, mm-hmm. all right, and and I'm okay with that. Listen, you know, I just wanted to know what the disconnect was that took you out of the dealership. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a personal opinion. It's a personal preference. I get that. Here's 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 my way of thinking. All right, um, and again, just just my opinion that. When a car gets older, when a car gets older, it's a lot like a person. I don't want to start taking them to individual places and bouncing around and getting. I want. I want. It's more critical to have one person working on it at the time or one person overseeing it at the time, when it's older than it is when it's younger. What What I notice a lot of is, people will stay with a new car dealer, till the sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand mile mark, and then all of a sudden say, Hey, you know what? It's It's time to move on because it's getting too expensive to take care of this old car. So they put a lot of money into the car for maintenance, or they'll put normal maintenance in it up for the first, you know, 70,000, 80,000 miles, and then all of a sudden it's, let's, and I get that it's a time thing, and I get that it's, you know, that's an issue, but I'm just trying to make a position, just the thought that maybe when it's older, you want to kind of hang on to it and, um, you know, just, just, just keep, continue to take proper care of it. Hey, Mike, don't go away. I want to come back. I want to talk to you about the poll. And uh, let's give you a T-shirt. Let's do that. So I'm going to make it worthwhile for you to hang on to the line. I'm Ron Anany in the Car Doctor. I'm coming right back. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Ron Ananian. Dracula and his son. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Annie, the car doctor here. We're talking to Mike in Stanton, Virginia. Mike, you're still there, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for holding on. I appreciate you taking the time. So let me get, just back up a second. Did that answer your question about the tranny, or did I go off on a tangent? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, on, on break, my wife uh, was, was listening. She actually had the receipt. I didn't have it in my record. She had it in hers. And okay. 60000 We did have transmission service, timing belt, um, fuel injection service. Right. And that's all typical uh, good stuff. And that's good. Yeah, so. Good, good, good. So now mm-hmm. it's time at 128. Get the trans changed again. It's not an expensive process. It's a drain and fill. Right. Uh, you know, you're not going to really drop the pan. It's a it's a brass screen, so there's not much to see in there. Okay. And and doing that, that trans is typically 
you know, you, you service those transes, they'll go 160, 200,000 miles. They'll they'll run a good long time. Um, so good. that's to your advantage. So let me ask you a question. You heard my opening conversation. Would yes, you sir. would you spend twenty five dollars a year to you know if you had a little tchotchke in in New Jersey? It's a thing about this big, like the size of a pack of cigarettes, and it it plugged into the OBD two port under the dashboard where they connect the scan tool, and it's it's pretty much out of the way. You wouldn't see it. You wouldn't even know it's there. Would you spend $25 a year if that device would tell you the ch- why the check engine light was on, if it would tell you the check engine light's about to come on, so it would give you pending information? So let's say you're leaving on vacation Friday, you start the car up Thursday, it would tell you, hey, you're about to get a fault code in this area, okay? Um, right. it, would, it would give you the ability to tell you, hey, Mike, you're due for an oil change, you're due for service, your battery is marginal, it would give you a general health check of the vehicle. If somebody else had your vehicle far away from home, it would email. It would let them know and let you know that the vehicle had a problem. Is that worth twenty five dollars a year to you? It would be okay. You said I think you said per vehicle, right? Per vehicle. Um, particularly, uh, you know, our children are grown and, and away now. But what, when they were in school, uh, that definitely would have been something that I would have wanted on their vehicle. And right. Now that we're a little bit uh, older and don't pay attention to things. Like that, as close as we used to, it would be really handy to have okay. that kind of report available. All right, because we're going to take this show. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this show to these manufacturers, and uh, you know, it's, it it seems that this is the way the industry is going on a couple of fronts. A bunch of a bunch of people are starting to talk about this and do this. And uh, I said, you know what? I'll do a little on air research. I'll do something very impromptu. Mike, I appreciate your input. Stay on the line. Tom's going to send you a T-shirt. He's going to talk to you about that. Pick a size. Pick two sizes because we're not sure. I'm pretty sure we've got all the sizes covered in some kind of depth, but it's the end of the season. We're getting ready. We're moving out these T-shirts because we're going to be coming up with a new T-shirt for next spring. So stay on the line. I appreciate your patience, and I appreciate your input. Uh, Tom, we'll get your information. Let's go over and talk to Al in Maryland. Al, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. You had some comments about tires. Yeah, Ron. First, thanks so much for your show. It's always informative, and uh, not only do you have expertise, but you've got a great way of dealing with callers. It's a pleasure listening to your show. Thank you very much, sir. Um, How can I help? Uh, I heard your, your monologue about uh, offshore tires, and I had a pretty sorry experience, which I thought you and your listeners might, might find instructive. I bought four tires, um, and I'll give you the brand name. It's uh, Nankang. There you go. Uh, made in Taiwan. Yeah. Bought them from a local tire dealer, and I've dealt with them for many, many years. Uh, they have their house brands. I've used them, haven't had a problem. Uh, after I bought these four tires, about six months later, I had one of them start to go flat while I was on the road, and it eventually failed. By the time I could get to a place where I could change it, the tire was pretty well chewed up, and I just thought maybe I ran over something, you know, bad luck. I went and bought another one. So now, altogether, I had five of these tires. About a year ago, I was rotating the tires, and I noticed that the tire had a bulge, not on the sidewall, but on the actual tread. You know, the tread, you know, you got maybe four or five grooves across the tread. Right. Between two of the grooves, the tire had bulged. So one side of the tire, you know, again, I'm talking about the the tread now, not the sidewall. One side was flat. The other side had this bulge in one spot. I didn't realize how disastrous that could have been. Uh, I kept on driving it, kept on watching it. I put the tire on the right rear, 
And all of a sudden, one day, I'm driving along, and I hear this pop. And it sounds like, you know, a shotgun went off. I pull over to the side of the road. The tire is losing air. I get it off the tire. The tire had ruptured. The rubber was all twisted. The metal uh, inside the tire, the steel belt, in other words, had come through the uh, tread, and the tire was was all uh, warped. Uh, so obviously, uh, I got it off, put a, another tire, different, you know, not the same brand. Uh, about a month ago, I was driving, and all of a sudden, I started to feel some vibration in the steering wheel. Looked at the tires. Sure enough, another one's got a bulge again in in the tread. So I took it off. I wonder, uh, it, you I know, and I have to wonder: Does anybody regulate, you know, offshore well, tires you know, like this, that? You know, this, and of course, I bought these tires four or five years ago, so I can't go back and complain to anybody. Right. Uh, but two out of five tires failed, and maybe three out of five tires failed. The first one, I can't say for sure because the tire was pretty chewed up by the time I stopped. But the second one, the steel belts apparently uh, are not made sufficiently well, and after a while, they apparently rupture. And ultimately, if you keep driving it, it punctures it right through the uh, right through the tread. Uh, now, if you go, you know, you can go to Nanking's website, and they, you know, it's made in Taiwan. They talk about getting certifications from Ford. You know, they sound like the greatest thing since canned beer. Yeah. But I got to tell you, you know, two out of five, maybe three out of five tires failing in several years doesn't sound like the right answer to me. And, and I've got to tell you, forty-three years of selling tires, being in the business like I am, I could count on yeah. one hand, one hand, the number of tires I've seen that actually went bad. I think I've probably seen three bad tires with manufacturing defects over a 43-year span. It just well, doesn't It I just doesn't two, happen. Yeah, I had two out of five, maybe three out of five, within a span of like a year and a half. And And the sad part is, okay, what I find is the uneducated driver, the person that just thinks, well, round black holds air, it's good for me. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing the research. That's right. That person is, they're a danger because yeah, they're, yeah, putting, yeah. they're putting cheap tires on the vehicle and they're riding on yeah. the same road as you and me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, make it even worse. You go to their website, and they sound like they're wonderful. You know, yeah. got all these certifications from Ford. Everything sounds wonderful. Now, a little bit suspicious, the last certification they talk about is in 2008. Well, you know, that was eight years ago. Right. I haven't seen anything since. Right. Um, and the other problem is that the place I bought them from is a reputable place. They're a local tire dealer. I've had good dealings with them. Yeah. But, man, you know, these these were just a bummer, and I don't know whether I'm willing to go back there or not. And, and I think I – think you know, to sum it up, Al, it really comes back to you've got to look at where you're buying your parts, whether it be tires or parts or whatever from, and what's the recourse if that place isn't around? Yeah. How will you then yeah. proceed? And and who yeah. will you then go after? You know, we look at parts. I'll buy Motocraft brake pads, all right? I take yeah. a Motocraft yeah. brake pad part off the shelf. It says, made in China, Motocraft, legitimate yeah. Motocraft yeah, right. right from Ford Motor Company. And then I'll take you know, brand XYZ, I'll go to the parts house and I'll look at it in the white box and it says made in China. I yeah, guarantee right. you they're not made in the same warehouse. There is just That's no right. way. Uh, you know, yeah. that, that set of motocraft pads costs $50. That set of, you know, brand X pads costs $3. Yeah. 
And, yep. you know, we have dumbed down society. Remember, everybody, I told you two weeks ago this was going to become a political show. We've dumbed down society to the point that cheap parts, cheap tires, don't care where they come from. Nobody's got any more liability. And all of a sudden, we're all standing around pointing our fingers at everybody, and they're, it's tearing yep. the country apart. And that's exactly what's yep. going on from an automotive perspective. Yep. Yeah. So. And the consumer can't tell the difference. Nope. You go out and buy a pair of brake ro- ro- rotors, and you don't know where the heck they came from. They're all round and shiny. How right. the heck do you know the difference except yeah. for price? You know. Al, stay on the line. I want to come back. I want to ask you the poll question because I think you've got some good input here. Let me uh, pull over and take this pause. And when we return, we'll get back to Al in Maryland. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. Don't go away. <laughs> The Car Doctor. Welcome back. We're on the Indian The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 number. I'll do it again. 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Get in. And uh, if you're not here, if we're not alive on the air, we're live on the network Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Did I say that right? Yes, I did. We're live on the network Saturdays afternoon, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, call the 855-560-9900 phone number. Leave a message. And we will call you back and get you in the lineup for the next week's show. Let's get back to Al down in Maryland. Al, you know, we were talking about Chinese tires. And I want to sum up the conversation this way. And this is something I learned a long time ago. When they make a tire, when General designs a tire, General just came out with their Grabber X3. All right. It's a a really great off-road, on-road, you know, all-terrain kind of tire. It took years of development and engineering and prototypes and development and you know it wasn't something they woke up one day and said let's make a tire look like this every knob every every sipe every piece of construction in that tire has an absolute purpose okay one of the things i learned years ago was you buy that general from a general dealer and you know it's it's got it's got some reputation and durability and responsibility behind it okay yeah, you buy yeah. that. You buy a general copycat. If somebody had a copycat of that Grabber X3, which they don't, I'm not saying they do. Or you buy something from, and you have to watch. Even like buying from some of the big name brand box stores, they yeah, yeah. they start selling private label name yeah, brand tires. Right. But yeah, but right. the the general dealers won't let them do that. So they'll change something in that tire. They'll make them change the sipe or the position of the knob or the way the white letters. Something is different. And it's not the same tire. That's an issue. If that's an issue, buying something from China that has no, you know, no uh, legitimacy in terms of follow through or design, you got to be out of your mind. Um, You know, and and, and that's an issue. So, but anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. You know, you go to the website and you see these Ford certifications that they got and so forth. Where's that coming from? Well, I mean, that's because what, what are you supposed to believe? Well, that's because I mean, until until Ford jumps up there and says no, that's not true. You believe it because yeah. you know part of being American today is you believe everything, and you know part yeah. of part. <laughs> listen, and I say this in all well, that's seriousness. That's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other. I told you this is going to become a political show, 
part yeah, of right, right. Part, part of our responsibility as American citizens, for those of us that are left, all right, is we've got yeah. to question everything. And that's yeah, that's, that's right. part of what we're supposed to do. Anyway. That's the, right. The tchotchke, the thing that plugs into the OBD2 scan tool port. $25, yeah. $25 a year tells you what the check engine light's on for, tells you when it's about to set a fault code, tells you what the code description is, allows you to keep track of a vehicle that's away from home. So if your kid has it away yeah. in school, it'll send you an email. Um, $25 a year to register it per vehicle. Would you do it? Yeah, I might. Um, I've got a scan tool. I've got one of the old uh, Snap-on bricks, um, and uh, and it's a, you know it's an old unit, but it works on my old Nissan Sentra. Uh, but yeah, I mean twenty five dollars a year. I mean, what the hell do you get for twenty five dollars a year right. these days? Right. You can't get somebody right. to spit at you for twenty five dollars. Right. Um, so yeah, you would it, know, would it, uh, get, would it give it you might. peace of mind? Would it give you peace of mind? That's the question. Would it give you a sense of security? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, especially if I had a family and kids. I mean, if I, if I, if I, uh, if I were in that situation, yeah, I think I would. Okay. All right. Hey, listen, Al, stay on the line. Tom's going to get your, uh, Tom's going to get your t-shirt size. Give him a couple of choices. We're running out of t-shirts, but we want to try and move these along so we can make, make way for the new ones that are coming in in the spring. I enjoyed talking to you, Al. Uh, my best to you and yours down there in uh, Maryland. Uh, stay off those Chinese tires. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Tony? What's going on? Well, you, you know how nice it's been around here? We haven't been tripping over t-shirts. Yes, I know. <sighs> Ron's ordering more. Damn. Well, I'm trying to order more. It's, um, you know what? It, it seems like that time of year. Well, actually, it'll be that time of year soon, because even though we're headed into winter. Let's get through Halloween first, okay? Well, yeah, And, and then you true. know what? They make great Christmas presents. Well, they do make great Christmas presents. Again, we have Halloween Monday, then Thanksgiving. Then, then we can talk about Christmas, oh. fellas. By the way, what are you going out for as Halloween this year, Tony? Me, myself, and I. Really? Uh, I'd like to see that. I think that's pretty damn scary. (laughs) That is. I think so, too. (laughs) So there's a family radio station. There's a lot of things I could say to that, but I won't. Um, Let's let's close things out this hour. Just a couple of last, some closing thoughts. You know, I write myself notes during the course of the week when um, uh, I'm in the shop. And I'm trying to figure out, I think I know what I was thinking here. I wrote a note, you know, real quick during the course of the day in the heat of the battle Charging what it's worth to fix the car, and would a repair shop be better off with less customers? And I think what my thought process was that I'm noticing a huge trend of the vehicle getting, obviously, more difficult to repair. But just the converse here. I'll explain it like this. A woman calls up. Not that it was a woman. It was just it was a woman customer. And her car had a low coolant light on. And can I just come by and have you check the coolant level? Yeah, sure, no problem. And the next day she called and said, I'm going to come by. And I said, okay, by the way, I didn't get, she had never been here before. What what kind of car is it? And it was a 10-year-old Volvo. Okay, well, that takes special coolant and I've got to get some. She says, yeah, well, maybe it doesn't need coolant because the light's not on now. And I said, well, but I thought the light, she says, no, I'd start the car cold, the light would come on and then it goes out and I'm not really sure what's going on. Oh, 
So you need a diagnosis. Oh, I do? Well, yeah, where'd the coolant go? Well, doesn't it just evaporate? No. You know, it leaks, but to lose coolant like that? And then what if it's a sensor? What if... I don't think the average consumer understands just what exactly goes into a car. More time, less cars to work on. I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you next hour. Bye.